0: Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Branson Bello. A lot of times we think that joy is something that happens to us, but we don't see the responsibility that we have to being joyful. You see, so um, there is a part you have to play to rejoice because rejoicing is not uh, let me put it this way I can differentiate between joy and rejoicing joy and rejoicing so joy is the present state of the believer you are always in joy always in joy your spirit is always in joy Uh, The reason is because as he is, so are we. Jesus is not sad. Jesus cannot be depressed. And if Jesus cannot be depressed, um, the you that is in the exactness and the likeness of Christ is in full joy. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the believer is in full joy because of the exactness that he shares with Christ. Praise God. So can we say this together? As Jesus is happy. In fact, let me put it this way. As Jesus is joyful, so am I. Okay, so let me show you something in Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. This is a framework of the kingdom. When we talk about the kingdom, it says, For the kingdom of God is not meat." And drink there's a whole lot of context before this but um let me just extrapolate something here so for the kingdom of god is not meat and drink but let's read this part together everybody want to go but righteousness and peace and joy in the holy ghost i think we have a song for that that's a song by ron kennedy righteousness and the way he does it with his baritone voice. Join the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and. It's okay. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't know this song was born after 2010. <laughs> Very likely. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, so, the framework of the kingdom, righteousness, I mean, it makes sense because. Righteousness. where nothing in the kingdom without His righteousness. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and... Uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and... Its or His. And His righteousness. And all these things shall be what? Added to you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness. Meaning... That the righteousness you look for in the kingdom is His righteousness, not your righteousness. Not your righteousness. So everything about the kingdom is coming from Him, is supplied to you. Everything about the kingdom is supplied to you. I like that phrase, that just came now. Let's say that together. Everything about the kingdom is supplied to me. So righteousness is supplied to you. Peace is supplied to you. What again? Joy is supplied to you. Everything about the kingdom is what is supplied to you. If you look at the, the, the framework of the armor of God, everything about the armor of God, none of it is yours. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, um, shorten your feet with the preparation of the gospel, uh, what again? The sword of the Spirit, none of those things belong to you the helmet is not your salvation it's his salvation it's not the breastplate you're putting on the reason why you have to wear it is because it's not yours does somebody hear what I'm saying so you put it on because it is his so you have to deflect all the time whenever accusations come at you you must be a wise deflector praise God so Satan is asking you questions. How, why, why haven't you done this? Why? He questions you. He tries to bring down your, your, your spiritual morale. He, he tries to weigh you down with questions and accusations. What do you do? You deflect. You deflect. So you say it is not my righteousness, but his righteousness. For scripture says, no weapon formed against me shall what? prosper and every tongue that rises against me in judgment we will condemn for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord for their righteousness is of me says the lord glory to god so everything about the kingdom is supplied to us glory to god righteousness um the, the gospel of jesus christ reveals the righteousness that the believer has um, the scripture says in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is what? The power of God unto salvation to everyone who what? Believes. For the gospel is the power of God. The gospel is how men get saved. Yeah, The gospel is how men get saved, not by what men do, but by Believing. So because you put your faith in him, you have come into salvation. Then the next verse, verse 17 says, for therein is what the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. So the gospel reveals the righteousness of God. And whenever I want to celebrate God, I always thank God for my right standing with him. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. You see, because that's something you couldn't have before. Nobody could have right standing with God because you had to be 100% perfect. You have kept the law. You have done what was right. And not just doing what was, not just doing what is wrong, but doing what is right. Because sometimes you can argue that if I don't do what is wrong, I'm good. But how about doing what is right? Because scripture says, He who knows what to do and doeth it not to him what is sin." So, how many good things do you know you're supposed to do right now that you haven't done? Lift your hands up if you want to be sincere in the house of God. There are some things probably you woke up this morning you were supposed to do. Or let me say the Spirit of God woke you up by 5.30 in the morning to pray. And you slept, you disobeyed God. Yeah, And you know that was what you were supposed to do How can you keep the law and be perfect You can't keep the law and be perfect Before God Because he doesn't take 99% But God takes 100% And we thank God for Jesus Who has kept the law for you and I Glory to God The Bible says for Christ has become to us The end of the law Glory to God So in the kingdom we have righteousness Let's say Righteousness then what else do we have in the kingdom? What's the next thing? we have? So is righteousness constant? Is, is your righteousness constant? Question, why is your righteousness before God? Righteousness is the ability to stand before God without a sense of guilt and inferiority. That's righteousness. Why is your righteousness constant before him? Because, because of what Christ has done. Not because of what you do. What you do is you put your faith in Him and then you stand perfect and unblameable before Him. Yeah, but you are righteous and that righteousness is constant regardless of what you do. Kai. Let me teach you how to react to condemnation. Many of us don't really realize that what Christ did for us is an overpayment. See, the, the, the thing you are you saying you did, Pastor Phil, if, if, I, if I, need, I need to get God to address me personally, because my matter is critical. All these other people who come to church, they don't have sin. My sin is not sin, it's iniquity. <laughs> iniquity mixed with with incest and abomination. Uh, And then Satan throws accusations at you and you begin to feel condemned. What is condemnation? Condemnation is what should happen to you after you sin. That's condemnation. But the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation, right? Do you know why the sacrifice of Jesus is an overpayment? Because while Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, he was still alive when the judgment finished. While he was on the cross, God exhausted all the anger that he had for sin, past, present, and future. He put it on Jesus. He finished everything on Jesus. And what happened, Jesus was still breathing, and alive. So, scripture that says that His mercy has triumphed over judgment came to pass on the cross. So, um, sorry, let me use you. I, I feel you felt this coming. <laughs> Come, let me use you. Uh, I'm still going to use somebody else, Bishop. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 use the Bishop. So, Sai is owing me money. How much is Sai owing me now? <laughs> Let us all agree how much Sai should owe me. How much? They say you are owing me one million. It's not me. So you have, you have to pay. Sai is owing me one million naira. <laughs> one million dollars? Nothing is too good for you. No, no, yes, yes, I agree. One million dollars. Ah, me. I also gave him one million dollars. <laughs> That's what it means. Amen. One million dollars. You are owing me. You had a business deal. So I will see Sai on the road. Sai, what's going on? We we'll probably meet somewhere. You know, after a while, he begins to what? Dodge me. Yes, he begins to avoid me. Right. Um, because he can't pay one million naira. One, one million naira is not, is not. sorry, one million dollars. Let's, for the sake of the example, <laughs> that one million dollars is not working for my example. <laughs> so for the sake of the example, let's use one million naira. I beg you, please, amen. We can relate to that easily, amen. One million dollars is police sins. <laughs> I know I'm a man of God, but police, police, we go to jail. <laughs> I'm just playing, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I have my reservations about those things, but amen. Tosa so is owing me one million naira. Yeah. And uh I'm asking him how far now? You don't want to pay me my money. It's not by smile. <laughs> so what happens? Um, the bishop comes to rescue. He's friends with Sai. He sees how I am harassing Sai. Just for how much? One millionaire. Only one millionaire. Come on, one millionaire. And behind my back, Bishop goes to pay 100 million. You say, eh? <laughs> Bishop goes to pay 100 million to, to... No, not to me. To Sai, and I, I'm not aware. So, sorry, 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 sorry. To me, right? Is me? He's owing. <clears throat> so he pays um, hundred million to me, right? And then Sai doesn't even know that I have been paid how much. Hundred. I like the way you said that hundred. Hundred. 100 millionaire. Before, if I see Sai, I'll be angry with Sai. He'll be avoiding me. But after the money has come, it's me that will take him out. I, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. It's me that will take him out. What do you want? We'll go to Sinoki. You, you know Sinoki down the road? Yes, we don't fall. Is he only Ojo Elegba? You know, don't you, don't don't you know Sinoki here? Why are we doing like this now? Praise God. Sorry, I didn't mean to stroke anybody. Just look at your neighbor and say, Pastor is talking about you, not me. <laughs> Blessed are you if you don't have a neighbor. Amen. It's me that we take Sai out. And at this point, Condemnation is owing righteousness. It's the one who doesn't know how much has been paid in excess that stays condemned. You don't understand. That, that if you know what Christ did for you, one bit you will not let condemnation. So, this is, this is the man, right, who is owing me. I am sin, I am death, God forbid, and this is Jesus. His relationship towards me and his relationship towards this, very different. When I come, there can never be condemnation because of how much this person has paid. When he meets this person, he's totally in love with him knowing how much He has paid. So that's why when people hear that, oh, because of what Christ has done for me doesn't mean I can go ahead and do what I want to do. It means that you don't understand how much He paid. Because if you understand how much He paid, you, you want to please Him and do anything for Him. But when you see me, you will be asking for change. Because there, there, is, <laughs> there, is, there is nothing more there is, there is nothing that I bring that swallows what this man has done. That's what your righteousness is. Righteousness is an open check. child Jesus. Open check what he did on the cross. You cannot do. If, if we live forever, for, if we live for a thousand years, uh, the blood is still enough. That's how powerful and potent it is. Can we say this together? Bishop, thank you so. It's an honor, sir. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Can we say this together? It's an honor to be called righteous. Now say this with me: I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So just as righteousness is constant, your peace is also constant. Glory to God. Uh, The Bible says that. uh, uh, um, Let's see Romans chapter five verse one being justified by faith we have peace with God right so it says therefore having been justified by faith we have what peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ say with me I have peace with God come on with a smile on your face say I have peace with God what does that mean it means God is not angry with me anymore when I remind myself all the time that he's not angry with me I know that I have peace with him praise God so these are constants of the kingdom then what is the next one righteousness peace and what and joy in the holy spirit have you seen people who are who look very spiritual and there is no there is no atom of joy to their spirituality have you seen i think it's more religious people are more like that you know there there has to be some You know, the Holy Spirit cannot just walk when there is play, play everywhere. No? You have to squeeze your face for the power to move. (laughs) I can't even do it right now because the Holy Spirit is in me. Amen. Mm. See, any spirituality that is void of joy needs help. Any spirituality that... I, I found out something about Jesus. The Bible says children were always running to Jesus. Do you know what that means? You know, children can sense spirits. If you see a wicked person, even though the person is smiling, some children who know, why me, that auntie? Mm. Because of wickedness, 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 wickedness. Wickedness. Some people can, you know, the Bible says the the heart of man is desperately wicked, right? So that's not you, because the the, re, the renewed you is not wicked anymore. That song we always sing. Create in me a clean heart. Oh. How many of you feel the power now? Do you feel the power now? I renew a right spirit within me. You know, as you sing it, you can even be shaking your leg. Because of something that is working. Is It's not correct. Because... He said, Behold, I've given them a new heart already. That was the prayer of the Old Testament David. Created me a clean heart. And renewal, right. Then the, the part that, you know, baffles me the most. Is where you get to. Cast me not away from your presence. Sing it say, like, Oh Lord, take not no matter how sweet it is, it's not correct. You know why? Because God can never cast all. Oh. If, if, if God, if God casts you away, he ceases to be God. Though. Why? Because he put his spirit in you. The Bible says that he has sealed you with the Holy Spirit. You know what the it means to seal? You can't unseal it. And take not your Holy Spirit away from me. That's not the prayer of the New Testament. No matter how much of there. You know when we sang it. We sang it so powerfully then. And you know. God loves you to go beyond your revelation. He will go beyond what you know. And he will still bless you. He will still heal with the song. But as we grow in knowledge. We know better. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So. I don't even know what I was saying before then. So, to be joyful is not to be unserious. The spirit of joy, the spirit of joy is key for every believer. I was listening to Bishop Bredekpo one day and he said, any message I don't smile or I don't laugh, don't buy it. No, this one I heard him say it. He said, any message that I'm not smiling or I'm not laughing, don't buy the message. I'm telling you, I heard it. So I wondered for a long time, why did he say that? But he knows that there is something about joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. This joy is constant. Now, do you know that you are in a constant state of joy? All the time. All the time. You might feel depressed, you might feel sad about something, but your spirit is actually in rejoicing. Or let me put it this way, your spirit is actually in joy. Now, what to what to rejoice means that you take up the responsibility to bring joy that is inside out. So that is what it means to rejoice. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So we rejoice because it has to be something that we do deliberately because we're already in that state of joy. Hallelujah. Now, what you call the solemn assembly, you know, um, I like to come to a place where. It's solemn. You know, no much noise in that place. Everywhere is quiet. If you make noise, you are disturbing the move of the angelic beings. And you are disturbing the flow of the Spirit of God. I love the solemn assembly. See, solemn assembly. Solemn is the language of the Old Testament. How do I put this? If you hear solemn, the word solemn. solemn was because the Old Testament failed. That's why the people have to be solemn. Let me put it this way. The law. The law. The law unbroken is a life of celebration. Because if you see all the feasts that the children of Israel had to do, it was accompanied by celebration. So you can start with the Feast of Passover. After the Feast of Passover, the Feast of unleavened Bread. After the Feast of unleavened Bread, the Feast of first fruits. the Feast of Pentecost, uh, the Feast of Trumpets, all the feasts that the law required to do was accompanied by celebration. So the law unbroken broken is a lifestyle of celebration. In fact, the priests at that time, they were called masters of ceremony. Because when it's time for a feast or when it's time for something to happen... It's a time for celebration. But when you hear solemn, solemn is because the children of Israel have not kept the law, so everybody has to put on ashes and dust, and then you go into the solemn mood. But you see, the law is a foreshadow, it's a, it's, a fore, it's, a, it's a type and shadow of what is to come. Because now we're not on the Mount Sinai, but we're on the Mount Zion. It says, we have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to an innumerable company of angels, uh, to the spirit of just men made perfect. And the, the thing is that you have come into joy where there is constant celebration all the time. Joy is not an earthly emotion. No, it's not. Joy was handed down from heaven to earth. And if you see people who are in joy, they are in touch with an emotion that is in heaven. Do you remember that song we used to sing back in those days? Heaven is full of joy. It's because, you know, just imagine now, scripture says that there is joy in heaven when one soul comes to Christ. What do you think will happen in T.L. Osborne's crusades? What do you think will happen when souls are been won? Every minute round the clock, souls are one. How do you think heaven is heaven? The climate of heaven is joy, the atmosphere of heaven is what is joy. You have to understand it that angels need joy to even function, just as angels need joy to function. That's how demons need depression. Huh? Demons need depression, so that's why if you see that there is depression around you, begin to rejoice. Because you don't want that climate around you. You don't, you don't, you don't. Joy is your responsibility. If I help me touch two people and tell them, joy is your responsibility. Now tell yourself, joy is my responsibility. Let me introduce you to the rejoicing God. You know, what's your picture of God? God who... He doesn't have time for play, play things. He doesn't have time for. You know, you have to relax and be easy. Amen. Rejoice in the Spirit because that's what He has done. All that He has done for you, you have to rejoice in what He has done for you. Let me introduce you to the rejoicing God. Let me show you something in Psalm chapter 2, verse 1. We'll read from verse 1 and down. Psalm chapter 2, from verse 1. It says, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Next verse. It says, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens, this is who your God is. He who sits in the heavens will laugh. Glory to God. You see, he who sits in the heavens, he would laugh at all the things that people are trying to plot against him. You know, when God was creating the heavens and the earth, a lot of us didn't really see that God was creating those things with the atmosphere of joy. You know, the Bible says in Genesis, if you read it, and God, after God had made everything, he saw that it was good. But but you need to see that that seeing that it was good was he rejoiced, actually. If you read the Hebrews, the Hebrew version, he rejoiced that it was good. Job explains this. Let me show you something in Job. Job chapter 38. Let me show you. Job chapter 38 verse 4. Job chapter 38 verse 4. God is asking a question now. He says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? This is the creation process, right? Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. What's the next verse? It says, who determined its measurements? This is God speaking now. He says, surely you know, or who stretched the line upon it? Next verse. To what were its foundations fastened? Anybody who has these answers, you, (laughs) you must have a deep revelation of creation story. Right? It says, or who laid its cornerstone? Then look at this. When the morning stars sang together. This was creation story. That is when God was making things in the first day, second day. The morning stars were singing. Because in creation, you need the atmosphere of joy. Do you know that if you want to be creative, be happy? Why? Because scripture says, with joy you draw from the wells of salvation. I found out that for me, I am at my best when I'm happy. Praise God. If there's something you're going to be deliberate about in the next 10 years, be deliberate about your joy. No joy killers around you. Anything that will kill your joy, walk away from it. That is, you will turn your back and you will walk away. Anything that will stifle your joy. Because you always must be deliberate about your joy. God needed, he says, the stars sang together and all the songs of God shouted for joy this is when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy This is where were you this was the creation story that in the creative process of God he had to make sure there was the surrounding of joy glory to God you know the pastor has said to you this year there's going to be witty inventions there's going to be ideas coming into your heart my dear brother stay in joy glory to God And you know this joy, this joy is not a function of your work, your emotion. This is the working of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Let me show you something else in Psalms chapter 104 verse 30. Psalms chapter 104 verse 30. Psalms chapter 104 verse 30. It says, you send forth your spirit. Now, you remember the creation story, right? The Bible says that the earth earth was without form and void. And darkness was all over the surface of the deep. And then what? The Spirit of God, what? Hovered around. Now, it says, you send forth your spirit. They are created. And you renew, what? The face of the earth. Can you recognize this place now? Then, let's see the next verse. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Meaning that when God was creating, he was rejoicing. Hallelujah. God was, he was not too, you know, your picture about God has to change. Your picture about God, the way they introduce God to us is the problem. That's the problem, how you grew up, knowing what God can do to you. He can do and he can undo. Have you heard that before? The God who can, you know, Job prayed and says, the Lord give it, the Lord take it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job did not read the book of Job. To find out that it was not the Lord who took. It was Satan who took. God doesn't take. God gives. So God has taken my peace because he has asked me to do something and I haven't done it. It is not God who took your peace. God doesn't take people's peace. God will stretch himself to bless you. Even in your disobedience. That's the nature of God. So the Lord gives... The God who can undo and undo. That's his schizophrenic. At some point he's happy today. And then at some other point he's so angry. He's mad. So you have to wake up in the morning to find out the mood of God. God, what mood are you under now? That's not, that's not it. He's, the Bible says he who sits in the heaven will laugh. His, his default emotion is joy. Even in the creation, joy. In his walks, joy. In the face of adversity, joy. He's always in joy. <laughs> this thing I'm talking about, joy, has nothing to do with your personality. As a pastor, I'm not really a sanguine. I'm not a sanguine. I'm not the outgoing. I'm a cleric. You are a melancholic. You believe all those things, amen? Now, those things are true, right? But let, let me say to you that you, 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 being led by the Holy Spirit, you would express spirit-led behaviors. Okay, so regardless of your temperament, you can walk in joy. That, do you know that you are in joy does not mean that you are shouting? And that you are shouting doesn't mean that you are in joy. You can be shouting to make up for what is not there. But is it this joy that I'm talking about is a working of the spirit. You see, when you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, He just begins to work it. Oh, hallelujah. So he says, May the Lord rejoice in his works. <laughs> Glory to God. That is when God made stuff on the first day, he had to rejoice for the next day. You know, he's going to rejoice over today's work because rejoicing over today's work is strength for tomorrow. Glory to God. Have you met people who, see, the way I take successes, I don't pay attention to successes. I look forward to the next thing. I press on. You know, they don't want to be happy about anything. Can you just take a moment and be happy for something? that God has done for you. See, I don't like to rejoice over something that He has done right now because um, there is more, there is more, there is more. There is more. There is more to press into. There is more ahead. You know, we don't, we don't rejoice over little successes. We press into, bigger. rejoice over the little one. Because first day, God rejoiced. Second day, God rejoiced. Third day, God rejoiced. Fourth day, He rejoiced. Fifth day, He rejoiced. If you're trusting God for a car, and you get transport money. Rejoice over the transport money. First, before the car comes. They say, oh God, when is my own going to happen? When is my own going to come? Have you rejoiced over the what you have now? Rejoice over that one yet. My sister, you want to buy human hair that costs about 250K. But right now... You are doing the one that is about 30k. Re- first, rejoice. Am I am I talking too high? Should I, Should I come down? Is there hair for 6k? 2k. Is this still hair? 2k you know what even if it's all back you are doing rejoice praise God pastor I'm waiting God for the big breaks I'm waiting God for the big big rejoice with your plating rejoice with the all back there was somebody who was saying to me, I'm expecting God for my range. I called her I said, look, if God gives you Toyota, thank God now. Thank God now for the Camry. Am, am I saying, don't think, don't aspire for more? No. But you see, the little that you have, that's why I like the evil men. They, you see, any business they make for that day, Right, most of them, they would, they would in the evening, they would take time well to celebrate. Peter, isn't also? (laughs) They would take time well to celebrate the sales of the day, in a no matter how in a small way, big way anyhow. Don't be too serious over these life issues. Even God, who is in heaven, you are even more serious than God. Look at your neighbor say rejoice in the spirit rejoice 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 all the time rejoice all the time you must be deliberate about your joy deliberate about your joy he who sits in the heaven will laugh do you know that you 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 are partakers of his divine nature you say no 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 no. the way i'm born i'm not born in in that kind of way i don't really just laugh like that But but when you are with your friends and you are watching football, what is on you? And then in the, in the presence of God, you cannot, you cannot rejoice, you cannot be joyful, you cannot laugh. Look, this thing called, you know, I was watching Kenneth Hagin some time ago and I realized that what characterizes his meetings is laughing in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Kenneth Hagin, the late Kenneth Hagin. Anytime he just goes, you know, he just begins to laugh in the spirit. He will touch someone. The person will begin to laugh for no reason. Learn to laugh for no reason. Because your constant state is joy. So what do you do? You rejoice. So to rejoice is to bring out what you have. I've seen people who are always sighing. Hissing. Even, even when nothing has happened just for to mark time, amen because hissing time we have to keep, <laughs> we have to keep up with hissing time no, let your life I was listening to Conor Moya sometime. time he said, let your life not be full of signs and hissing if it's a habit, change it you know sometimes we hiss and we sigh without even knowing that we're doing it but your spirit is so sensitive that when you begin to do those things, you condition your heart to feel a certain kind of way. So you have to always remind yourself, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Look, practice saying it. Practice saying it. Oh, glory to God. This is the day that I say it a lot. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, I love to say it because it, even without my heart knowing, without my spirit being conscious of it, I'm conditioning myself to be in tune with what my spirit really is experiencing. Glory to God. You know, I've told you before how that um, a particular rule, a particular thing can be played, a timeline of depression can be playing. Maybe in Abuja today, there's a depression timeline flowing around, Who say too? And you just get into Wusetu and all of a sudden for no reason you are just sad. But because you have the Holy Spirit you can break the transmission. Because you brought your own atmosphere in. When Neil Armstrong went to the moon, what did, what, what did he do? He carried, right, his atmosphere. Because to survive in the moon or on the moon and function on the moon you have to go with your atmosphere, right? You have to take some oxygen with you. Look, if you're going to be strong and do well here on earth in the face of bad bel people, in the face of haters, in the face of a boss and colleagues who don't know God, you have to carry your atmosphere. You You have to carry your atmosphere. Always remember that you are the giver. You are not the one receiving. You are the one giving them. You give them. You give them. I was having a conversation with someone, and, and, and sometimes when I'm not conscious of it, I realize that if I'm sad, I can transmit sadness. Because depression is contagious, joy is also contagious. If I let me put it this way your joy should be continuous, your joy should be conspicuous, and your joy, right, should be overflowing, right? That's the way your joy should be. I realized that I was talking with someone, and I started to feel sad, depressed. I started to feel... I'm like, why am I feeling this way? But if you remember that you carry your atmosphere where you go, you're not going to let what somebody says to you affect your, your countenance. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm going to teach you on the benefits of joy in our coming series. Because this is a series that I'm doing. Glory to God. We'll practice rejoicing in this house. <laughs> Hallelujah. We will rejoice. And there are things to rejoice for what he has done. It's, it's good enough to rejoice. Just think about all Christ has done for you. Rejoice. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh. So in the first creation, we see how God was rejoicing. But do you know the second creation, God was also rejoicing? There was the atmosphere of joy in the second creation. When I say second creation, I mean the new creation. When Jesus rose. Let me show you something in Acts chapter 2 verse 24. Acts chapter 2 verse 24. Acts chapter 2 verse 24. It says, whom God raised up. Now, go back to verse 22. Let's start from there. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified, and put to death. Then verse 24, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Next verse For David said concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken Next verse. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover my flesh also will rest in hope. Look at your neighbor and say rejoice all the time Tell somebody I say rejoice all the time Glory to God. You know, I taught you about, um, before you speak, you must see. That was on Sunday, right? Yeah. And you can put it this way. You, You call them three C's. The first C is like concentration or consecration. That is your ability to take a thing and analyze it, look at it very well. That's concentration. You're looking at it. You're trying to see the revelation behind that thing. That's concentration or consecration. That's the moment where the believer sets himself apart. It's what you do in prayer, fasting, waiting, or whatever it is. And it just takes some time to look and behold what Christ has said about you. And when you see it, you now move from concentration or consecration to confession. That's the second C, to confession. So you now begin to speak what you have seen. So Paul prays that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you might know what is the hope of your calling and what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance and the saints, that your eyes need to be open. Now when you have seen it, what's the next thing to do? You begin to confess. You begin to speak what you have seen. But do you know that's not the end of it. Because after you have seen from concentration and consecration, the next thing you do is what? Confession. The third thing you do is celebration. Because celebration concludes everything oh for example a sick body you look at it healed by god through the stripes of jesus healed by god i see my sickness being carried on that cross i see it i see it your spirit catches the glimpse of it then the next thing you now begin to talk it but you don't end that process with bone face what do you do that talking is the lambano right then the third thing you do is that you now begin to rejoice over what you have seen and said. Because rejoicing brings you to the full manifestation. I don't know how it works, but that's just, it just works like that. Right? I cannot tell you the mechanism, but try that one. Yes, sir. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 10 verse 17. It says, And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. Then verse 19, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Then verse 20, Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you. Now, I want to show you something here. Uh, But rather rejoice because your names are written where? In heaven. Now, when Jesus says rejoice not that spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven, what is he trying to say to you? Jesus is saying don't rejoice about this, but rejoice about this. What is he saying to you? That you have a choice. Are you getting what I'm saying? That that you have a choice to rejoice. Because don't think that rejoicing is something that just falls on you. And just because you woke up happy, then you you go with the flow. When you are sad, you can choose to rejoice. And that's what you should do. So he says, rather than rejoicing that um, demons are subject to you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Then verse 21 says, In that hour... Jesus rejoiced in the spirit. That is a deliberate action by Jesus. He says, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. Glory to God. Say with me, I have a choice to rejoice. Philippians chapter 3 from verse 1. Let me show you. Philippians chapter 3 from verse 1. Paul here says this, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous. That is, I'm not tired of telling you rejoice. I would do everything that I can to make sure you stay in the place of joy. So that's what Paul is saying. Rejoice in the Lord, right? To write the same things to you, to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is what? Safe. I want us to read that last part together, that from that but, want to go. But for you it is safe. Say with me, to rejoice is safe. I don't know how this works, but trust me, if you follow the dictates of the scripture, when it comes to rejoicing, you are safe when you rejoice. Glory to God. It is always a better option to rejoice. Many times we have legitimate reasons why we should be angry, why we should be mad, why we should be sad. And you know, those times we want to satisfy how we feel. Right? I've been there before. I mean, I just want to blow up. I just want to explode. I just want to, you know, say how I feel. But look, it is always better when you choose the power of rejoicing. It's always better. It's always better. So to rejoice is what is safe. Tell your neighbor rejoicing is safer. It is, it is. Glory to God. Then look at verse 3. Verse 3. Verse 3. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in whom? In Christ Jesus. And have no confidence in the flesh. Now, don't put your confidence in the flesh. What is confidence in the flesh? Confidence in the flesh is to allow flesh play out. Okay? It is some kind of strength, not actually weakness, but strength in yourself. Now, when you feel a certain kind of way, maybe depression, anger, um, um, self-pity, uh, what again, um, inferiority complex, or whatever it is, you are allowing the flesh play out. But if you switch to rejoicing, you will be, It's just a matter of time. You will feel a different emotion. Try it, and you'll see that it works. Wake up in the morning, and you say, "This is the day the Lord has made, and I rejoice. I'll be glad in it." I don't feel anything changed. Nothing has happened. I say it again. This is the day the Lord has made. And I rejoice and be glad in it. A time will come where I'll begin to rejoice and I've forgotten what I even said. So just, just follow the word of God and tell yourself, I will rejoice and I will stay in the place of rejoicing. It's safer for me to rejoice. Hallelujah, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, It is safer for you to rejoice. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Philippians chapter 4 verse 4. Philippians chapter 4 verse 4. Now let's read this one together. Everybody want to go? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Somebody say rejoice in the Lord. Lord. Is it just one way? Always rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. Always. Always rejoice in the Lord. Again I say unto you rejoice. I want you to know finally, I'm going to end with this, that joy and strength go together. Okay? Joy and what? Strength go together. Joy and what? Strength go together. Let me show you something in Matthew chapter 21, verse 15. Matthew 21, verse 15. But when the chief priest and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. Next verse. And said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of what? Babes and nursing infants. You have perfected what? Say it louder. You've perfected what? Praise. Now Jesus was quoting from Psalms when he said, Um Have you never read? So for him to say have you never read, he's not the originator of this phrase. Have you never read? And then he says in quote, Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, thou have what? Perfected what? Praise praise when you praise you are rejoicing in your praise and in your praise you rejoice and in rejoicing you praise glory to god so this is a quote jesus picked but let me show you the original quote that he was speaking here look at psalms chapter 8 verse 2 very quickly psalms chapter 8 verse 2 psalms chapter 8 verse 2 now see the original quote here he says let's read it together one to go Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength. Now, hold on. Um, What is the difference between what Jesus said and from the original that he was quoting from? One said that you have ordained strength. This is the original. But Jesus is saying what strength is, is the perfection of praise. Okay, so out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have ordained or perfected praise. He's saying that when you perfect praise, when you master the art of rejoicing, you are stronger. You are always stronger. You do better when you master the art of rejoicing. So out of the mouth of babes and suckling, he has perfected praise. Nothing is going to steal your joy. There are three things that rob people of joy. Circumstances, people, And (laughs) this third one, circumstances, people, and guess, (laughs) lack of money. (laughs) If you read Philippians, Paul addresses each of these things. I can't remember now. Um, He addresses circumstances. He addresses um, when people try to steal your joy. And there's a third one, if I remember, I'll tell you. You must never allow any of these things circumstances, the place where you are, or what is happening to you, or people steal your joy in this season. I'm going to make sure that I'm deliberate about rejoicing in 2020. Why? Because it is in the atmosphere of joy there is creativity, it is in the atmosphere of joy there is the perfection of praise. And there's the fulfillment of strength. Let me show you one last scripture. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Or two more scriptures. This second to the last. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. It says, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow. Look at your neighbor and say, Do not sorrow. sorrow. What's the next phrase? He says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want to say to somebody here in this season that whatever it is you're going through, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Say amen, somebody. The joy of the Lord will be what? My strength. Say this, say it with me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Just like Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit, you would rejoice in the Spirit. Hallelujah. And guess what? I I sense that you have tangible reasons to rejoice. I mean, we know how to rejoice over the intangibles and over the tangibles. The things that you can touch, you can feel, you can palpate. But we also know how to rejoice over things that are not tangible. Hallelujah. Let me show you one last scripture Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. Zephaniah chapter 3. Some of you have never opened that script, that book before. <laughs> Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. We're all going to read it together. Are you ready? Alright, let's read it together. One to go. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with glad. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Oh, hallelujah. This is not even saying that you will rejoice over God. is saying that God will rejoice over you. He will rejoice over you with gladness. That is God will look at you and just begin to dance. This is the nature of your father and you are partakers of his divine nature. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will rejoice over me with singing. Glory to God. So no more signs, no more hissings around me anymore. I will begin to rebuild a habit of joy. No more complaining. No more complaining. Let's, let's drop I repent of complaining. All the time complaining, oh, you're always focusing on what is not working. Look at what he has done. Why? The Lord is rejoicing over me. Hallelujah, somebody. So you must learn to rejoice. Now, I want you to just rejoice. Just take a few minutes right now. Just rejoice. Now, you know, you know rejoicing is not necessarily shouting. It can come in shouting, it can come in dancing, it can come in singing, it can come in laughing, it can come in praying in the Holy Ghost. It can come in any form, but just make sure that your heart is glad. The scripture says, I will delight myself in the Lord and he will grant me the desires of my heart. I will delight myself, I will delight myself, I will make myself happy and glad hallelujah i will delight myself in the lord and he will grant me the desires of my heart glory to god the lord is rejoicing over you with singing the lord is rejoicing over you with gladness the the lord is rejoicing over you no more depression no more no more no more no more no more all the worries are gone All, all all the worries all the contemplations are gone No no worries, no worries. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to him. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will garrison your hearts. Hallelujah. You can lift up your hands and just rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. Rejoice in the Lord. Just rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the spirit like Jesus did. He rejoiced in the Spirit. He rejoiced in the Spirit. He rejoiced in the Spirit. He rejoiced in the Lord. He rejoiced in the Lord. He rejoiced in the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. I will joy in the God of my salvation. For he has made me glad he has put a new song in my mouth uh, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings he has ordained praise he has perfected praise he has ordained strength for the bible says the joy of the lord hallelujah is my strength this concludes this message thank you for listening and for more information about the standpoint church Visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.